If Jesus came today instead of 2,000 years ago, who would he hang out with that would make people upset? Right? We know that Jesus hang out, hung out with uh, the lowest people in society. We see that in our gospel reading from Mark 9 where he hung out with the tax collectors and sinners. So who would be the equivalent of that today? You know, where people would, would be like, can you believe Jesus is hanging out with them? I'm sure we can all think of a few people or maybe even people groups that come to mind. Now, don't say it out loud, but just think for a moment. Who are some people that would fit that category for you? That would be scandalous, or you would be like, Jesus is spending time with them? Just, just think for a moment. You guys got somebody? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure we all have somebody that comes to mind. Jesus was a controversial person. So whoever came to mind for you, there's a good chance that if Jesus came today, there would be pictures surfacing of him hanging out with them, of having a meal with them. It would probably be surprising or, or even leave you unhappy, perhaps, to hear that Jesus was spending time with the worst people of society, the, the lowest people of society. Today we're going to focus on the gospel reading from Matthew 9, where Jesus speaks to the Pharisees about eating with sinners. But before we go to, that, uh, to the heart of what he told the Pharisees, I want to first take a step back. Um, I, I equated tax collectors and Pharisees to like the, the lowest people in society, or like the outcasts, but, but that doesn't do enough justice. So let's look at each of those. The, first the tax collectors, and then the sinners. Who here has watched The Chosen? Okay, yeah, a, a good amount of people. Uh, this is a show that has really picked up in popularity over the last few years, and it depicts Jesus' earthly ministry. We are huge fans of it in the Greminger household. Highly recommend it if you haven't watched it. But the reason I bring up this show is because uh, of how they portray Matthew. Obviously, Matthew being the tax collector that Jesus calls to follow him. In fact, I would say Matthew is probably my favorite character in the show, aside from Jesus, of course. But one of the things that the show does so well is it, it highlights the depth of what a Jewish person would have seen for a, a Jewish tax collector, right? Because in, in those days, uh, a tax collector was obviously in charge of bringing in taxes for Rome, but it's not like how taxes are collected today. In those days, people would place a bid in order to be a tax collector of a certain area. You know, so you, you would place a bid thinking, okay, I can make a lot of money here. And, and the tax collector would be responsible for giving a certain amount back to Rome, you know, probably based on how many people were in a certain area. But they could and did charge more than was owed to Rome. So a tax collector could say that you owed Rome $600 when in reality you only owed two. But they had the authority of Rome. And so you're not going to say, I don't think that's what I owe, because A, they have the authority of Rome, and B, you don't want to be wrong about owing Rome money. So you could see why a tax collector was not a well-liked person. And at least in the case of Matthew, Matthew is a Jew who is 
squeezing taxes out of his fellow Jews. So in general, as a tax collector, he would have not been well-liked, but especially so by his own Jewish people. So that should help give just a, a glimpse into the context of when they say tax collectors, that's what they would have been thinking about. Now, when thinking about the sinners, the, the second part, most, if not all people in those, uh, most Jewish people in those days would have seen themselves as a sinner, right? So there, it was not like, oh, well, those people out there, they're sinners, we're, we're good here. That was not the case. They understood the problem of sin and that they were sinners as well. Rather, when they say sinners, what it's referring to is someone who was flagrantly in violation of God's law. In other words, people could notice how badly entrenched in sin they were. It, it, a person was so in sin that it was obvious to the people around them. And as God-fearing Jews who strived to follow God's laws would have been a big deal. So when the Pharisees said of Jesus, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? This was not a good thing. They were not happy. Jesus, a Jew, uh, uh, who was also a rabbi, who had many people following him, he was not supposed to associate with these kinds of people, at least in their eyes. The Pharisees looked down on sinners. They found themselves to be better than the sinners. I mean, here are the Pharisees, the, the godly people who are following God's laws, and then way over there are the sinners. People who are blatantly outside of God's laws. I mean, it's not hard to see how the Pharisees had that attitude of being better than them. Do you ever get that attitude? Comparing yourself to a, a sinner? To, to someone or a group of someones who you're better than? I mean, here you are in church. You are following, you're doing the best to follow God's will for your life. And, and there are a whole lot of people out there who don't care about God, who don't try to follow God's will, and who are blatant sinners. Be honest with yourself. There are times that it can be easy to compare ourselves to sinners. At times, there can be a little bit of Pharisee in all of us. I think that's part of our fallen human nature is to look others who are different, who sin different from us, who have different faults, flaws, and failures, and, and say, well, I know I'm a sinner, but I'm not, I'm not that bad. You know, making yourself feel better by looking at someone who you think is worse. Now, if that at all applies to you, even a little bit, you're going to want to pay attention as we move forward. Because I now want to turn our attention from talking about tax collectors and sinners to the words of Jesus in Matthew 9. Jesus says, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy not sacrifice. For I have come to call, I have come not to call the righteous, but sinners. Jesus does two things with these words. First, he humbles the Pharisees. 
and not just the literal Pharisees back then, but the Pharisaical part of our own hearts that creeps in from time to time. And the second thing he does is he shows love to sinners. As Christians, we need to hear both of those messages. Now, the first, per, the first part of what Jesus was saying was a, was a humbling message, right? It was, it was bringing the Pharisees who thought they were better than sinners, and it's bringing them to the same playing field. Pastor Bugler has a, a saying, and I'm sure many of you have heard it. There are only two kinds of people in the world. Sinners and forgiven sinners. We're sinners, just like everyone else. Now, thank God we are forgiven sinners, but we're still sinners. And that forgiven part, it has nothing to do with us. It's a gift from God. The only thing that makes us different from those awful sinners out there is that God has given you the gift of faith. He has given you the ability to understand that you are a poor, miserable sinner. And he has sent his son to pay the price for your sins and die in your place. That is the only thing that makes you any different from those lowly sinners out there in the world. You need the same exact love, grace, and forgiveness as they do. And for those moments that you start to have thoughts creep into your, your head, your heart about uh, being better, which, again, be honest, we all do at times, we need to remember our baptism. Our baptismal identity where that old sinful part of ourself was drowned, where that pharisaical part of ourself was drowned. Because if we don't, if we think that we are better than other people, what's going to follow? Actions and words that show our hearts that we think we're better than someone else. And can we think that we're better than someone else and also share the love of Jesus at the same time? I think we all probably know the answer to that. When we see ourselves as, as better than other sinners, the love of Jesus is it, not flowing through us. We're all equal at the foot of the cross. You, me, person sitting next to you, your atheist neighbor, the crooked politician on the other side, LGBTQ, Planned Parenthood, or, or whoever or, or whatever group you see as the worst, as sinners, we're all equal at the foot of the cross of Christ. You will never look into the eyes of someone who Jesus did not die for. We ought always remember that and always strive to see ourselves as the same as everyone else as someone who desperately needs Jesus. Because our purpose in life is not to have our sins forgiven and then, as uh, Pastor Finke says, just run out the clock until we die, right? That's not our purpose. Our purpose, our, our goal in life, is to share that good news, that forgiveness of sins with others. We all sin differently. We all have different faults, flaws, and failures. But no matter what those are, we are not any better or any worse than another person. That's the first thing that Jesus is doing in these words. He's bringing humility to those who see themselves as better than others. The second thing Jesus is doing is showing love to those sinners. 
Jesus said that he came for the sick. He came to call sinners to himself. Now in this context, sick and sinner, they're synonymous. It is the same thing. And so this applies to us, but it also applies to everyone. Sin is a disease. It has a 100% infection rate and a 100% mortality rate. So everyone who has ever lived, they have died because of this disease, sin. And everyone who is living right now is terminally ill with it as well. The only cure to this disease is the forgiveness that Jesus offers. You need it. I need it. We all need it. Jesus is the only doctor who can cure it. The good thing for us is that's his mission. That's his purpose. Forgive sins by for, uh, curing this disease by forgiving sins. Jesus lived the perfect life on our behalf. He, he paid the price for our sins on the cross, and when he rose, he gave us new life. I mean, that cure right there is better than the cure, or better than the uh, vaccine for the flu or for COVID. Right there, that is literally the cure to death. We need that medicine. We need that forgiveness. Now, as Christians, we all know this, right? I mean, we gather weekly to hear the words of Jesus' forgiveness. I don't think any of you sitting here like, oh, I've never heard this before. We all, we all know this. But obviously, it's so important to receive that forgiveness of Jesus. It is not the type of thing you hear once and are good for the rest of your life. Just like how if you're terminally sick, there's no medicine out there that you take once and are good. You need to continually take that medicine. We need to continually have the medicine, the words of forgiveness of Jesus. We need that always. And as Christians, we need to continually hear and be reminded of both of these messages. That we are sinners. In need of the same exact forgiveness as all the awful sinners out there. But also in that great need of forgiveness, God gives it freely and plentifully. When we see other people not as sinners, not as a, a terrible person, but as someone who Jesus died for and loves, I mean, that's going to make us think differently about them, right? We're going to maybe start to pray for them, start to find ways that we can help and care for their needs. So have the humility knowing that you are a sinner, the same as everyone else. But praise be to God, you are a forgiven sinner. Use that identity to show the hope that we have, the hope and the life and the cure to death that we have. Amen. Lord God, we are sinful. We come before you laid bare of, of our sinfulness. Lord, we can't hide it from you, but you don't ask us to hide it. You don't ask us to, to be better. You just say, give me your sin and I'll give you forgiveness. Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for the cross that gives us hope, that gives us life after death. God, help us to, to see ourselves not as any better than anyone else, but as someone in need of the forgiveness that only you can provide.